millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotfi for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Ziviverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Ziviverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZiviOwens.com to learn more and follow me on Instagram at ZiviOwens. Okay, so it's Wednesday, and on Friday, blank, my novel comes out. And yes, I am freaking out. I am so excited. I hope that you all will grab a copy of blank, will order it from your independent bookstores, and all of the rest. Buy it online, buy it everywhere, buy multiple copies, and come to all of my events. I have events on Friday, no, on Thursday at Bedford Playhouse in Bedford, New York with Annabelle Moynihan. I have on Friday with Ariana Huffington, an event at Girls Right Now in New York City. On Sunday, I'll be at Newtonville Books in Newton, Massachusetts with Hannah Halperin. And on Tuesday, I'll be at PNT Knitwear with Jenny Mullen. And so if you can come to any of those first four events, I would love to see you. In the meantime, this is my blank week of episodes. And this episode is with Carmen Johnson, who is my editor. She is the one who acquired bookends when it was a proposal. She acquired blank and acquired my latest novel, which we will talk about during this episode. The news of that just broke in Variety magazine, which is insane. And Carmen who I thought was the head of Little A Books from Amazon Publishing is actually has a different title, which we also discussed in the episode. So you will hear me sounding 
a bit idiotic. But anyway, it turns out she got promoted at some point from the time where I started with her or I just misunderstood her role. But anyway, it doesn't matter. That only really matters to me and not to you listeners and readers out there. What matters is that she is my editor and I adore her. She is the consummate professional, so good, so calm, so smart, and she makes my books so much better than they would be. So without Carmen, there would be no bookends blank or the next book. So get to know Carmen and hear about the writing process, how we have worked on our books together, how we collaborate, and how it might help you. Check it out. Welcome, Carmen. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss the book that you yourself edited, Blank, by Zibby Owens. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here, Zibby. This is so great. I feel, I feel very honored to be on your show. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like all this show has led me to you. So this is perfect. You know, it, without the show, we would not be talking. So of course you should come on. So I wanted to introduce you to listeners and also find out for real when I first sent you the bookends proposal or Joe sent it to you, Joe Valtry at Gersh, when you got the proposal and then I sent like a little addendum to it. Tell me why you were attracted to the bookends, which is what got us to blank. And like, why did you, and did, you know, did you have any big reservations? <laughs> like, tell me about that, that time first. Well, you know, when you get a submission in as an editor, you, you think about what is it about it that sort of stands out that is unique and what will make readers be really drawn to it. And I just thought your story was just so vulnerable and raw and honest and, I felt like a lot of readers would be able to relate to it. And so, you know, it always starts with the content and, and the writing and what the story's about. And that's how we make our, our our decisions. And I felt like that story was just so universal and so great. And then it was just sort of an added bonus that you're Zibby Owens and that you're so good at connecting writers and and readers and you've built this amazing community. At the end of the day, it was about your incredible story and you being so vulnerable on the page, which, you know, a lot of memoirs you get in and it just feels like a glossed, glossy sort of version of what they want to write about. And yours felt like it went right to the heart of it. And I also liked how you had books as a, such a big theme throughout the memoir. So it felt unique in that way too. I felt like there would be other ways for readers to sort of like get into it and relate to it. And, you know, I could just imagine them like circling passages where you're talking about certain books that impacted your life and them really liking it. So it was, it was the content and such a, it was such a great pitch. So I'm so glad we published it together. Yes. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> what is your process at Little A for evaluating pitches? When you get something, does it go to you? Do you have a huge team? Like, what is that like? Yeah, we mainly work with agents. So agents will submit an email with a you know, manuscript, a full manuscript, or sometimes it'll be a proposal for fiction. It's usually a full manuscript. And we read the query letters. I think query letters are great and important. And then we decide, you know, which editor would be a great fit for this. So, you know, oftentimes I'll I'll look at it and I'll say, oh, this is sounds really great. Maybe this editor over here would be perfect for it based on their list. Or I'll just read it myself and I, you know, I love it. So we have a great team of editors here. But like I said before, at the end of the day, it's about you connecting as a human to what you're reading. And if you feel like there's a spark, there's something there, then that would make you a good editor for it. There are times where I read something and I 
I admire it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's great. I think the author is super talented, but for whatever reason, it's not the best possible fit. And that would just be a disservice, I think, for the author too. Like you, you want an editor who gets you as an author, who gets your vision and is just 100% on board. So, I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just about that reader connection that you have with content. And how did you become an editor? Uh, well, I after college, uh, years ago, years ago, I moved out to New York and started working as an assistant for Carl Bernstein, who was writing a biography of Hillary Clinton. And the book was published by Knopf. And so after my stint as sort of a research assistant, moved over to Knopf, and I was there for about five years. And then I moved over to Amazon Publishing. And I've been here at Amazon Publishing for you know, I think we're in the double di- digits at this point. So a long time and it's been great. And I, I love publishing because it is creative. You work with different types of people. Things are always changing. There's new books, but yet you are, you have some structure, you know, you have, you have some structure and you have a team that you work with, but I think it's such a, such a privilege. I know you feel the same way, given what you do, such a privilege to just be Working on books and talking to authors, my favorite thing is to get a proposal in or a project in and then be able to talk to the author like a few days later and kind of pick their brain. It's it's just such a gift. And I love telling my kids that I work on books and they're always asking like, mom, what, you know, what's the new story you're working on? So it's it's just such an amazing career, I think. I think that's one of the best parts too with the kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look, this book just came. What's it about? Or showing them like potential covers. Now I have my publisher hat on, but showing yeah. you know, potential covers and titles and like, what do you guys think? And then they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is that book. Really I cool. love sharing covers and titles, which is people that are outside the industry because that those are the people we want to get. And my daughter will often pick the best cover from a lineup. So mm-hmm. I just, I love that. I will give her an internship. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So when it came to blank, people are asking like, how did that become a thing? And, you know, it wasn't even totally written. Like what happened? So what happened? Well, Zibi, you have amazing ideas and (laughs) you are so creative. And I feel like we talk, we've talked probably every day in the last like two years. (laughs) Um, And it's because you, you, you just... I think that you go about your day picking up ideas and I think that you have such a great ear. I think you're always listening to dialogue and the way people are interacting with each other and you you pull that into your fiction. And so with Blank, I think, you know, you and I just started sort of brainstorming, like, what's the next idea? You couldn't write memoir after memoir after memoir, right? You wanted to go into fiction. And this just felt like a natural progression where you're sort of, you're still writing about things that are very personal to you, clearly, like you're writing about books, you're writing about publishing, you're writing about being a mom, relationships. And so it felt very much sort of you, but the fiction version of it. And uh, I think you were inspired by living in LA and traveling and just the crazy world of book publishing, which sounds a little more glamorous in the book. <laughs> but I, I just think it it came it came from your idea. And then you and I just kind of going back and forth. I think one of the one of the most interesting things about blank was trying to balance that zany, crazy, fun aspect with it and the the down-to-earth relationships of the story. And at the end of the day, you just want readers to really connect to it. And I think it was so fun sort of balancing that out. And I just admired how you were just willing to go for it and just take some risks and and just 
make it a really fun read for people. You know, at the end of the day, people just want to be entertained. And I, I feel like you get that as a, as a writer so, so well. And it must be because you're constantly reading. I am constantly reading, as are you. <laughs> Were you worried at all? Like, what if she can't do fiction? <laughs> like, no, you- <laughs> because I, no, because I had read enough of what you'd written before. I thought maybe we would be working more on structure mm. or just, you know, the beginning, middle, and end. But in terms of the actual writing of it, I knew that if you stayed within, you know, great characters and great dialogue, you know, you've got it. It's That's just something you, you, you're sort of like... You've born with it, you know, and I just think that you have that ear for dialogue and great characters. So it was really a question of what are those characters going to do and at what point and how do we get to the end? And that's something that we always we figure out. But remember when I thought I was done and it was only like 30,000 words (laughs) and I was like, here you go. Well, you know, it's an interesting way of writing. I wonder if that's how you'll handle your next book, where you sort of, you write the skeleton of it, I feel like, and then we go in and add things. Whereas I think some other authors will, you know, maybe work a lot on that first act. And then they're like, okay, now I got to get through the middle and the end. Whereas you, you always had that complete picture and then you kind of went in and filled it out, which is really interesting. I think it's pretty unique, actually. I know. I'm like, am I going to do this again? I don't know. (laughs) But I, I think that you you work so fast, and I think maybe that first sort of draft of it was so important for you just to get it on the page, get all your thoughts on the page, and then you could kind of think, okay, how do I want to add more scenes here and there? I mean, it seemed to work for you. And I also, there's nothing wrong with a shorter book, too. I know. I just uh, I just signed our contract about two seconds ago, and in the contract, it was like 70,000 words, and I was like, 70,000? I thought it was 60,000. <laughs> That changes everything. <laughs> 10 words, 10,000 words. No, I I mean, at the end of the day, there is no perfect word count. I think it's really what the story needs. Thank you. Right? Yeah. And this story- and, and so I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be counting every word, but I, I do think that it's about uh, making sure that the reader feels like they've got a satisfying ending, you know, or like the, the character has been fully fleshed out and that will happen. Yep. And now we have... Our third project together, Overheard, which we just announced, which I'm so excited about. Although maybe people on listening to the podcast missed it on Instagram or my newsletter, in which case they should be following me on Instagram and getting my newsletter, but it's fine. Anyway, maybe they're hearing it now for the first time that the third book we're doing together is Overheard. And we sat together with the sun sort of uncomfortably streaming in our faces at the Amazon headquarters, trying to like finalize this idea. I feel like I just have to wait for these crazy things in my own life to happen. And then they have to become books, you know, I don't know. (laughs) And one word titles, that's your brand now, I think. No, I I think it was, I think it was, we had a great spark of an idea of what it could be. And I felt like the pitch of, you know, saying something that you didn't want broadcasted to your community, it's so relatable and so cringy. And then the added layer of having sort of a celebrity component to it. I just, I think it's, it's really fun and it totally feels like something you're going to have a blast writing and I'm going to have a blast editing and reading. So it just feels like a natural zippy book. And I, it just feels like there's so much potential for many more books to come. Yay. (laughs) I love hearing that. I know I, uh, my biggest challenge so far is I'm like, I hope this character doesn't sound too much like Pippa. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we'll work on that together. You know, like there's, there's, 
there's going to be some similarities, of course. It's your voice. You're not going to change your voice 100%. It's still sort of like the same type of category book. But, you know, she'll be in different situations and she's going to have different challenges. And that will, I think, naturally help us figure out, okay, how do we make sure that she feels different? And But she'll still be funny, you know, and yeah. there'll still be funny moments. And then I think readers will will... Well, that'll be sort of a plus anyway. It would be too weird to have a character that just felt like completely out of left field. And then maybe there's other secondary characters where you want to try some other things with, you know, but I'm, I'm not too worried about it. It's a different story, different name, different hair color, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so far, the hair color is the same, but I could change it. Uh, she could go get some highlights and the whole book could the whole book could change. But the basic premise of Overheard is that a bookstore owner in LA get her conversation with her good friend gets picked up over her over the live stream at her son's football game. And it's about her her ex and his movie star Paramore and what happens after that. So yes. Right. I just I, almost almost done. I just finished the scene where the ex-husband introduces her to the kids. So so what's the hardest part of writing it? Or the easiest? Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery. Perfect for the whole family. Join the cat in the hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. So I have this crazy thing that happens to me when I write fiction, which I don't understand and I'm almost embarrassed to say, but I always fall asleep. <laughs> like, I don't fall asleep doing almost anything ever. 
Like I keep going and I don't know what it is if I'm just like so relaxed and I'm in it or whatever. I'm not bored, but I just get so sleepy. So this has been my challenge. Like, Stay awake while you're writing. Are yeah. you doing it right before bed? Is that what's going on? No, I've experimented with all different times. <laughs> I mean, deep down, I am very tired, but I don't know. It's like an exorcism or something. I like write a little bit and then I have to like, I don't know, recover that I have to go back to it. So I don't know. That happened also with blank, but I thought it was just weird and quirky, but now it's happening again. I'm like, what the heck? The only other time well, ever happened to me was when Kyle was converting. And every time we went to like the rabbi studio and he started talking, I would fall asleep, which was also really embarrassing. But since then, those are the only times I ever nap. It's bizarre. Well, maybe you just need more sleep. And also maybe <laughs> you need to drink more coffee or ha- have some more caffeine when you're writing. I think it was Lori Moore that said that she always put her first cup of coffee on the page. So like that first morning cup where you're kind of like waking up, your brain is being activated, get that down on on paper. Yeah, it's true. I'm I'm sort of chronically sleep deprived, but I'll stay awake and get the rest done. That's so funny. <laughs> That's a new one for me. But the readers will not be falling asleep when they're reading it. No, it's really fun. And then I like go back to it and I was like, oh my gosh, did I write that? And then I, then I just pick up and keep going. <laughs> No, that must be really fun to go back and reread what you've written and, and be sort of charmed by it. That's yeah. a good sign. Yeah, that's a good sign. I hope. Also, I'm having so much fun writing about the bookstore because now that I own a bookstore, I have all this knowledge of that particular world and it's so fun to be able to share it. I'm having a lot of fun with that. Yeah. Is there anything about owning a bookstore that just completely surprised you or you had you had no idea that bookstore owners were sort of dealing with this other thing? Just like the stress of like inventory management and returns and literally packing boxes and receipts and figuring out when to return what and how, you know, it's a finite amount of space in a bookstore. Yeah. I, was, I just had a call for an hour with, with Sherry and, you know, she does the first pass of buying and then we go through all the titles together. And I'm like, where are we going to put all of these books? Yeah. This is just like April through August. Like we already have all the other books. So if we don't pick books that sell, there's not going to be space for the new books. And anyway, it's like a, a puzzle. It's the glamorous side of, of owning a bookstore. Yeah, exactly. But now I get it, you know, and they're like, someone's a bookstore took like one copy of your book. And I'll be like, one copy? But it's actually a big deal when we take one copy because we've been debating taking a copy at all. So I don't right. know. Yeah, no, that seems like a big job. The space and inventory and keeping track of everything. But it sounds like the events have been amazing there. People love going there. So congratulations. It's really fun. It's really fun. I love it. How do you balance all the authors that you're editing? Like how many authors books? I like to think I'm the only one and you make me feel that way, which is great. But how how many um, are you doing at the same time? I, I have the perfect amount. It's the perfect amount. I, I mean, I don't even know how to, what number at the, it, it's sort of, they're all in different phases of their publishing or yeah, publishing life. So, you know, sometimes it's like right when I'm getting the, the project in and I'm signing it. Sometimes it's in editing, sometimes it's in production. So they're all are kind of in a cycle. And what's so fun is that, you know, I get to work on projects that I'm really passionate about and that, you know, like I click with the author and it just all works. And it's just fun to be able to work on books where I just feel like I'm, I'm talking to my friend about what they're writing. I'm reading books that I read, would read for pleasure. So it's, it's just sort of a balance and it's, it's good that all the books are in a different phase. I think it kind of, it helps make things feel fresh 
too. So like in one phase, I'm thinking about a book cover and another one, I'm thinking about a title or the other one I'm thinking about, you know, what do I want to offer? And it just, it keeps you on your toes, I think too. So are you in charge of all the acquisitions for Little A? So I'm associate publisher at Amazon Publishing. So I help oversee the imprints there. So all the imprints. I have, there's another associate publisher, her her name is Gracie Doyle and she's fantastic. And we both kind of oversee, and then we have wonderful editorial directors for each imprint. And then we have a wonderful publisher as well. So there's a a team of people who discuss projects that we're going to acquire as a team together, uh, along with marketing and publicity. I think, you know, as being a publisher, there's, there's a lot of stakeholders and a lot of opinions that can help shape the project to be as good as it can be. So it's definitely a team effort. And we just, we rely on, you know, what we can do best. We we want to, at the end of the day, make our authors really happy and do what's best for them in terms of growing their, their readership. So we, we're really thoughtful about the types of books that we sign up. And I think at the end of the day, it's like what I was saying earlier, it's, is there going to be an emotional connection with the book? Are people going to just love it? Are people going to just tear through it? Regardless if it's a romance or a mystery or book club fiction or, or nonfiction, I think it's at the end of the day, it's about that content and knowing whether we are the right publisher to get it out in front of as many readers as possible. So I thought, and maybe this is just, I thought you only did little a, that you were only in charge of that. But it sounds like, so could you, are you editing books that are on, on like some of the other yep. Lake Union? And yeah. Stuff? So, so yeah, I personally edit some YA, which is great. I also work on Mindy's book studio, which is our imprint with Mindy Kaling. So yeah, we can, we, as editors at Amazon publishing, we'll acquire across imprints. Huh. And I think that's great because basically an editor doesn't feel like they're only in one lane. And if a project really speaks to them, they can acquire it for other imprints. Oh, that's cool. And the, the other thing to remember is I, I think that at the end of the day, the readers are not so are not so um, interested in the imprint that the book is being published under. At the end of the day, they just, you know, want that fantastic cover and the hook and their author. Yeah. And so it, it's sort of like insidery publishing. This is purely for me that I was asking this question. Nobody <laughs> else will care at all. <laughs> but yeah, we're a very collaborative team and it's great. I mean, it, it it feels very much like what you're doing in terms of your media company. Your focus is on the authors and making them feel like rock stars. And I love that. And I think that's similar with Amazon Publishing too. I mean, like putting my hat on. I mean, it's as you know, it's very author focused, which I think makes it unique and special. I have had the best time. And I am quick to say that my starting my company is not because of my experience with you. In fact, I always say how loyal I am and how grateful I am that you took a chance on me to begin with. And like the power of the Amazon, I know there's a lot of you know, anti-Amazon feelings out there. And I've come up against that a lot with different bookstores and all that. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, so to speak, we're all just trying to get books into readers' hands and help authors get the word out. So, Yeah. I mean, there's so much competition right now for attention. Yeah. There's so many different directions a reader could go or a person could go. And to to convince them to, you know, take six hours and read this book is a big ask. And so we as editors and authors, we have to just make that as, as seamless as possible. Have you ever wanted to be an author? I'm really happy being an editor. I, you know, and, and, and sometimes I'll get ideas and then I usually just talk to, you know, authors about it and, and make sure that those ideas are in other places. I mean, never say never, but right now I'm just really happy feeling like I can be sort of behind the scenes and work across a lot of different books. It's just 
been really fun. Amazing. So where do you think our relationship's going to go, Carmen? Well, we're going to keep talking. Uh, We're going (laughs) to continue to be in touch about your projects. And I think we're going to learn with every, you know, every project that we do together. I think we're just going to keep learning and you're going to continue to grow as an author and writer. And you're going to figure out, you know, what you like to do and what you don't like to do. And, you know, whether, you know, maybe next time you're you're not going to go on a crazy long tour. I don't know. But I, think I haven't even left laughing. yet and you're already having me regret it. <laughs> no, I mean, go and do what you need to do. I mean, it's amazing as a publisher. It's it's amazing to, to see you put so much attention and effort and just smart thinking into promoting the book and talking about the book and making sure that everyone knows about it. It's really, it's really great. And you're doing it in a nice way. <laughs> but I, I think we're just, we're just going to keep growing editorially and creatively and we'll think about what the new cover is going to look like. So it's a journey, right? I mean, you you sign a book contract and then you have to write the project if you haven't already, and then you have to edit it. And then it just goes into that production cycle. It's a, it's a journey. And then suddenly, you know, it's a month before publication and you're like, oh my God, where'd the time go? It's, it's fun. And we're going to continue to learn. Awesome. And hopefully continue to have fun. Yes. (laughs) Well, thank you again. I, feel like even though this timing, like I really wanted to be an author when I was, you know, nine and my novel is coming out, I'm 47 and a half. And, you know, I wish it had happened sooner, but this is one of those things where I'm like, but it wouldn't have necessarily been with you. And I feel like there's something about, no, I mean it. I mean, you know, there's like, you just sort of, it's, you're like the perfect editor to work with all these ideas. And I, you know, I never feel like I'm doing this by myself which I was feeling very much like before. And now I just feel like so supported. And like what you said, you're like, well, if it's, you know, my biggest fear, like, is it the same character? And you're like, no, we're just going to figure it out. And I'm like, great. Yeah, we're just going to figure it out. <laughs> so thank no you. fear. No, that's so nice of you to hear. Or It's so nice to hear that. Thank you so much for saying that. It's just been such a pleasure working with you too. And I love your ideas and creativity. I mean, I, I can't do that. It's, you are the author. You can, you can come up with that and I can help you figure out how to publish it. You know, that's my job. I got to stand out of the way sometimes too. So thank you for, for having me on. And I feel like I need a glass of champagne or something. I know. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Carmen. Thanks for everything. And here we go. Another wild ride. Sounds good. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 